0: Greetings my peeps and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode I'll be giving you my Western Conference semis recap and also a finals preview for the Western Conference so just sit back relax and enjoy the show. Okay guys, so we are back again, your boy GD with the All Things Basketball Podcast. And well, we're going to wrap up the conference semifinals, we'll recap everything, and then we'll look ahead to the conference finals for each conference, both the East and the West. So without any further delay, let us get right into it. We're going to talk about first the number one C, the Denver Nuggets, beating the number four C, the Phoenix Suns, four games to two. But nonetheless, let us talk about it, shall we? So, game one, Denver takes it at home, 125 to 107. Then game two, Denver again wins at home, 97 to 87. And then... Heading to Phoenix, Phoenix gets the win there, 121-114. to 114. Game 4 also goes to the Phoenix Suns, 129-124. Now this game uh, had a lot of activity in it. First of all, the Joker, he drops 53 points with 11 assists in a loss. And then also there was a play where... The ball went out of bounds. Joker goes for it. And he has the ball. And the owner of the Phoenix Suns, Matt Isbia, tried to take it from Joker. Joker pretty much pushed him out of the way. So he got teed up for it. He got a technical foul. And this happened like the second quarter. So there was a big worry. Oh, will Joker get suspended for game five? That wasn't the case, thankfully. And again, you got to look at it this way. The Joker doesn't have a history of dirty play and those sort of things. And I guess being a two-time MVP kind of gives you some latitude as well. But nonetheless, he wasn't suspended, thankfully. Well, not thankfully for Phoenix, because Denver ends up winning that game, 118-102. to And then in Phoenix... Actually, surprisingly enough, Denver goes in there and beats the brakes off of the Phoenix Suns 125 to 100 in a game that was really not that close. And a game that I ended up watching closely. Kevin Durant, he starts the first half one for 10 from the field. Not good, guys. And then Devin Booker for the game. And he had a fantastic series, guys, but in game six, he came up lame. Four for 13 from the field, only 12 points. So the only person to show up was Cameron Payne. He had 31 points, 12 or 16 shooting from the field. He had seven threes in the game. So I mean, Kevin Durant's numbers looked decent once everything was said and done, but yeah, for him to start out that cold. Did not help matters for the Phoenix Suns. So, nonetheless, let us talk about each of the teams here. We'll talk about Denver first. The Joker has a fantastic series, averaging a triple double, 34 and a half points, over 13 rebounds, over 10 assists. So, Joker once again getting things done. Outstanding from the field, nearly 60 percent. And even from three, he did pretty well at 44.4%. And from the free throw, always efficient from there. So, kudos to him. Jamal Murray. I continue to say this, guys. Jamal Murray, when he's cooking, Denver is hard to beat. And he was cooking in this series. Averaging nearly 25 points a game. Six and a half assists. And he was just magnificent. And then he had three guys averaging nearly 13 points a game. Between Bruce Brown, who's been pretty good in these playoffs. Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. as well. So Denver getting contributions from various amount of characters here. Including Contavious Caldwell-Pope who had 21 in the clinching game as well. So Denver running on all cylinders right now guys so with that said let us talk about Phoenix Devin Booker when you look at his numbers they look fantastic he had solid games up until that game six he had games where he had 27 points 35 points 47 points 36 points 28 points so Him dropping that 12 in the game six was pretty much eye-popping, to be honest with you. So, he didn't show up in the biggest game. Not good, guys. Not good. So, when you need your star player the most, he doesn't show up. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Kevin Durant, you look at his numbers. He had a solid series, but he just went ice cold in that first half of game six. But you look at his numbers, nearly 30 points a game, nearly 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He was pretty alarmingly bad from the field, though. And he was horrendous from three. He only made, rather, six threes in the series. And, of course, from the line, he's usually money from there. So, But the big story for Phoenix, they were without CP3 for two games the man was injured so you miss one of your star players for four games it's going to be a tough go nonetheless they were able to get wins without cb3 but to have him missing for that long is not good that's for sure and then you have deandre ayton he played in five games in this series guys he missed game six with a rib contusion But for the series, he averaged nearly 11 points, 8 rebounds. He was pretty good from the field. But guys, he only shot 6 free throws in this entire series. That is unthinkable, guys. But, you know, can't call it with him. I cannot call it. Well, I'll talk about that in a minute. So, that's pretty much the story there, guys. A lot of Devin Booker, a lot of Kevin Durant... Not much from anybody else, to be honest with you. When it's like that, it's tough to get wins, guys. But nonetheless, you know, you get performances here and there from a guy like Landry Shamet, But it, it just wasn't enough. So that is why Phoenix is going home early. To the dismay of a lot of pundits out there who thought that Phoenix would win this series. I was under no illusions that they would win this series. I mean, not having Chris Paul definitely hurts their case, but I just didn't see them getting a win in Denver. I didn't see it, and it held true. I thought it would go seven. I thought each team would win on their home floor, but Denver going into Phoenix and pretty much blowing the doors off them in that game six, I didn't see that coming. Nonetheless, Denver prevails. They move on. What's next for Phoenix? Well, first of all, they fired Monty Williams right after the series. So, you know, now this man is a year removed from being coach of the year. One year removed from being coach of the year. And you fire the guy? I understand the Phoenix owner, he's a new owner. So, he's just walking in the door for the most part. I guess he was unhappy with Monty Williams and his history of them laying eggs on their home floor in a closeout game. So, I guess he said he's seen enough. So, Monty Williams is fired. But I tell you what, guys, it's going to take a half hour before somebody goes out there and picks up a Monty Williams. i tell you this straight up. If I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, I'm thinking long and hard about Acquiring Monty Williams services. I think that's a guy who. He'll have a team that's pretty loaded. And I think he'll be able to get a lot out of that team. So I'm putting it out there guys. Milwaukee Bucks. Give Monty a call. Anyhow. Actually the owner is talking about hiring. Well the early talk is. That they're looking at a Nick Nurse. Or Mike Bootenholzer. But here's what I say to that, though. Sure, they both won NBA championships, so they're championship-winning coaches, so you can't take that away from them. But in their latest iterations with their teams, they had the talent, but they couldn't get it done. So I think that has to come into play here. I understand you want to get a coach with championship pedigree. Both of those guys have it. But they... Pretty much underachieved with the teams that they had this season. I mean, you could sell it to your fan base. You're bringing in a coach that's won an NBA championship. So, you could sell that to your fan base. But, I just wonder. Yeah. uh, I just wonder about that. Let me leave it at that. Next item. What to do with DeAndre Ayton. You know, he hasn't lived up to what his contract states, and this series really exposed him. So, he has three more years on his deal. Remember, in the summer, the Indiana Pacers signed him to an offer sheet that Phoenix matched. I'm under the impression they just should have not matched it and let him move on elsewhere, and they just try and find somebody to put in the middle there. But, I guess you're not going to fight a player of Ayton's caliber on the free agent market. So I guess I understand, but he disappoints you yet again. So he has three years left at 102 million. Question is, do you keep him, you know, with a new coach coming in? Maybe the new coach can reach him, or do you move on from him? Now, show I listened to giving go, they talked about a few trade possibilities They said San Antonio, but ruled it out. I actually like him going to San Antonio. And I think if you get maybe a third team involved, because maybe you don't have the salary to match up. Maybe you get a third team involved. Maybe that'll do the trick. But I like him in San Antonio because you have a Popovich and you have Tim Duncan as an assistant coach there. Maybe these guys can reach him. Where he can maximize his potential. That's the only possibility I see. I heard them also talking about Detroit. But you probably have to send back a James Wiseman. Coming back in a trade. So that's something to explore. And then also you have CP3. He has two more years on his deal. At $61.6 million. I don't think you're going to get a lot of takers guys. For a point guard that's on the wrong side of 30 that's going to be a tough contract to move so you have decisions to make here then also in terms of your free agents you have a lot of guys that are free agents a lot of your bench to be honest Torrey Craig he'll be a free agent Bismack Biyombo, TJ Warren who came over in the Kevin Durant deal Damian Lee Josh Okoji, he was your starter for a good deal of time. Also, Jock Landon, Terrence Ross, who you got in the buyout from the Orlando Magic. And then Darius Baisley, who has a qualifying offer. So more likely than not, they'll probably keep him. But they got some big decisions to make. And remember the fact that Booker and Kevin Durant is taking up a lot of money, so it doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room, which is why you got to explore doing a Aiton or a CP3 deal. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be James Jones right now because you. And then remember too, you pretty much dried up your draft capital when you brought in Kevin Durant. So James Jones, <laughs> he's got some dilemma on his hands. So, nonetheless. That is that series, the Denver Phoenix series. Let's talk about the Lakers, the number 7 seed, winning against the number 6 seed, the Golden State Warriors, 4 games to 2. Let's talk about how that shook out. The Lakers take game 1 in Golden State, 117 to 112. And then Golden State comes back and gets game 2, 127 to 100. So they blow them out there. And then game three, a lot of seemed like a lot of blowouts. There was only two games that were, I would say, about five points or less. But the rest were blowouts, guys. Game three, Lakers take 127 to 97. And then your next close game is game four, one in which the Lakers won that. So Lakers win both of their games on their home floor. In game four, 104 101. And then Golden State gets the win in game five to save face because they were down 3 1 at that point. So they save face, getting the win at home 121 to 106. And then the Lakers just beat them down in game six 122 to 101. So let's talk about the Lakers. LeBron James, solid series. He had one game in which he. Scored 30 points. But other than that, for the series, he averaged shy of 25 points. Nearly 8 rebounds. 5.5 assists. Shooting from the field. It's standard enough for LeBron at this stage of his career. And from the line, he was pretty good from the line. So you got to give him credit. Anthony Davis. As long as you're getting Anthony Davis... Appearing in all six of these games, I say that's a win. 21.5 points for him, 14.5 rebounds. He had over two blocks a game. Absolutely terrific from the field. From the free throw line, rock solid there as well. So You would like to see the points a little higher, but yet in all, the team gets the win. D'Angelo Russell has a nice series for them. Also, Austin Reeves. Then you got contributions from your bench. Guys like Lonnie Walker came out of nowhere and had a solid game. So Lakers, they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. And that's just the way it is. You got two guys there with championship pedigree and LeBron and Anthony Davis. So with that said, let's talk about Golden State. Golden State, Steph, of course. Steph doing Steph things. Solid across the board from the field not as good as you like but the man had to hoist up shots so what you expect from three you expect better from there as well solid from the free throw line clay thompson i tell you what man i thought he would be somebody who have a pretty good series and he had i want to say below the standards you would set for him in this series averaging sixteen points a game. You need more than that from Clay. From the field he was horrendous. Shot it a little better from three, but yeah, Clay, yeah, we, we definitely expected more. Especially given the fact that you're a LA kid. So I expected you to play better once you got on the floor out there in Crypto Arena, whatever they're calling it these days. But he did not. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, his numbers were okay, 15 points a game, over five rebounds. You'd like the shooting from the field to be better, as well as from three. Draymond, I thought he had a solid series. I thought he had a very solid series. There was times where he really showed up for them. And Jordan Poole, what happened to Jordan Poole? Oh my gosh, he has fell off the... NBA map guys, I mean he had a horrendous series. Was lousy from the field, brutal from three, he shot at seven for twenty-eight for the series, guys. Man, that's hard. From the free throw line, what can you do? I mean he was solid. But Jordan Poole, I mean, and remember you gave him that big bag, so I'm gonna talk about him in a minute. Anyway, Kevon Looney, just doing Kevon Looney things. I mean, he was pretty much solid across the board. Only went to a free throw line five times in this series. So, it's not a case where you're going to feature him and, you know, have him in the low blocks taking AD to school down there. That's not going to happen. So, nonetheless, Golden State, the defending champions, their road stops here. So, and the Lakers move on. What's next for Golden State? Well, you got the Jordan Poole dilemma that I just talked about. You just gave him a big bag, four years at $128 million. So, you really got to ask the question, what to do with Jordan Poole? And I think that speaks larger to another question, what you going to do with Clay Thompson. He has one more year left. He's 33 years old. He's already had two major knee injuries. He has 1 year left at 43.2 million. Do you bring him back? I don't know if you do. I would think you would, but I think this is part and parcel what you're going to get from Clay Thompson because again, Those two major injuries, there. You're going to have to load manage him and those sort of things, which I think they did a pretty good job all in all throughout the year. But I just think it's, you know, a 33 year old who's had major knee issues. So I I think this is what you're going to get, guys. There's going to be times where he's red hot and there's going to be times where he's ice cold. So it's a quagmire, guys. So let's look at the free agent picture. Draymond Green he has a player option; he can opt in. They're already talking about possibly a new deal for him, which I initially thought that there was no way Draymond was coming back, especially right after the incident with Demontis Sabonis. But I gotta say it; he has been a model citizen since that. He really has. From what I understand, what's been reported, he gave a fiery speech before Game 5, which Game 5, they ended up winning. So, he's a guy who does the things that help you win. So, with that said, Draymond, he's going to be a free agent, but provided he opts out. Then you have Jonathan Kaminga, they got a team option on him. Dante DiVincenzo, he has a player option. Moses Moody, there's a team option there. I imagine both Kaminga and Moody, the team picks that up. Jermichael Green, he's an unrestricted free agent. And then you got Andre Agudala. I think he ends up on the Warriors bench as an assistant coach one of these fine days. But I think the biggest free agent they have is their GM, Bob Myers. He built this program. Right now, he's saying give him a few weeks before he makes a decision. So, if they were to lose a Bob Myers, that would be a tremendous blow to this franchise. So, I think they need to keep him, but he may want to go elsewhere and build elsewhere. So, I would keep a close eye on what Bob Myers decides in the coming weeks. I think that can have a lot to do with where this franchise goes moving forward. So, with that said, prediction time. Let's talk about the conference finals, guys. It's going to be the number one seed, the Denver Nuggets, versus the number seven seed, the Los Angeles Lakers. What must Denver do to win? Continued success from both Nikolai Jokic as well as Jamal Murray. As these two guys go, so the Nuggets goes. You need production still from guys like Aaron Gordon. Guys like Michael Porter Jr. Bruce Brown, who's been rock solid as I mentioned. Jeff Green. Catavius Caldwell Pope. Those guys, even Christian Braun coming off your bench, who's been playing pretty good. So, Denver gets that. Denver's chances are really good. What must the Lakers do to get the win? Well, they got to stop Jamal Murray. I told you guys, as Murray goes, so does the Nuggets. So, if they were to somehow contain Murray in this series, that would give them a chance. Anthony Davis has to step up. He has to be consistent for this entire series here in order for them to win. Because, I'll tell you straight up, Jokic going to give him the business. Right now, he's playing fantastic basketball right now. So, Anthony Davis is going to have his hands full. He really is. I imagine he's going to get some help from Jared Vanderbilt as well. But he's going to have to step up big time in this series, especially on the defensive end. And they need contributions from their role players. Guys like Austin Reeves. Of course, D'Angelo Russell. He's going to have to show up. Roy Hachimura. Maybe we'll have another Lonnie Walker sighting. We'll see. But they're going to need those contributions as well. Key matchups, D'Angelo Russell versus Jamal Murray. I imagine, too, a little Dennis Schroeder will be on him as well. So how those guys fare against Murray, I'll be watching that closely. And then there's the Joker versus AD. AD. I think that holds a key to what happens in this series. And then LeBron versus probably be a diet of Aaron Gordon. Probably some Jeff Green. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. as well. So you got some bodies to throw at LeBron. I think this one is kind of under the radar. But I think this one will be an interesting matchup. Catavius caldwell Pope. Versus Austin Reeves. Now, you look at it, you'd be like, are you serious? But, I gotta tell you, Caldwell Pope, he's a 3 and D guy. So, I think if he can keep Austin Reeves at bay, that really gives Denver a shot here. I know everybody's saying Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves. But, the kids had a pretty good playoff run so far. So, you want to kind of derail that. So... Yeah, I think that matchup there is pretty intriguing, so. My prediction, Denver and seven. I'm going to say Denver and seven because here's how I look at it once again. The Lakers have to go into Denver and win. I don't know if the Lakers can do that. That high altitude, man, I keep talking about it, and I've been proven right so far. No one's won in Denver as of yet. Then, on the other hand, no one has won in LA IVA, so we have that. But nonetheless, I say Denver and seven. That's my prediction, guys. And then we have outside of the playoffs, just got word. John ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. I was just talking highly about him. <sighs> John ja moran is suspended from all team activities pending a league investigation. And guess what it's about, guys? Yes, an IG Live that he was on where he was, take a wild guess, he was brandishing a gun in IG Live. (sighs) man. You know, I had high hopes for him. I liked the way he talked after the Lakers series, one in which his team lost. It sounds like a kid ready to go back in the lab and work on his game, work on his image and so forth, and then you go and do this. Man, you know, I tried to defend him, but I, I, I can't. I can't. I, there's no defense of this. Hopefully, when they do their investigation, maybe they'll find something that we don't see, but... Yeah, this is not good, guys. This is not good. So, hope the best for the kid, but you're going to have to change your circle. You're going to have to change your circle or do something because, you know, you, you fumbling the bag right now. I mean, you got the bag, but I just, I don't know what to say. At this point, unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Anyway, so I'm going to leave it there. All right, guys, so I'm just going to do it like this. I'm going to break it up into two episodes. So, there you go. Producing on the fly, guys. Alright? So, I am done. Thanks again for listening. Much appreciated. And we'll talk soon. So, my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com You can also email me at that's gd at gmail.com. To support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal and that email is that at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe.